Hey, this is Alexia from Children of Bottom, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. What's up, everybody? It's JD from Black Label Society and Cycle of Pain. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello, this is Brad Whitford of Aerosmith and the Whitford St. Holmes Band, and this is Iron City Rocks. All right, Hello and welcome to episode 343 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. In this episode, we are joined for the second time by guitarist Freddie Nelson. Freddie was on the show back in 2009, one of our first handful of episodes. Uh, He came on and uh, talked to us about uh, his work with Too Tall Jones, working with Paul Gilbert. Uh, and the such. Now he's back in 2017. He's got a new album coming out in July called Shake the Cage. So we wanted to get him on the show, talk about that new record, and uh, find out what's been going on with him since then. So we're going to play a track for you, just a little snippet of a track from the new album. This song is called Turn You On from the album Shake the Cage, and we're going to talk to Freddie. Folks, to welcome back to the show after a long hiatus, we have joining us Pittsburgher Freddie Nelson. How you doing, Freddie? Hey, John. How are you, bud? Doing very well. You um, did the show back in 2009. Um, it was, you know, I think around the time of the United States album you did with Paul Gilbert. Um, right. You've got a new album coming out now uh, that we wanted to talk to you about, specifically the um, Shake the Cage. Um, can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, kind of what you've been up to in the period of time between, um, you know, the United States album, where I think a lot of people kind of caught, you know, you caught national and worldwide attention in the new album? 
Yeah, I, let's see. Um, I'm always uh, I'm always writing music and um, and and always uh, participating in, in different projects that people are asking me to do. I, I I won't go back extremely far because it gets a little cloudy for me these days. But uh, uh, speaking of Paul, so obviously we we wrote the United States record together, but. Uh, he recently called me again. He was doing a solo record, mm-hmm. and he wanted to record it live in the studio. So he had to amass a band to to do it, and uh, it was it was being produced by Kevin Shirley, who's honestly, in my opinion, one of one of the greatest rock and roll producers out there. He's done people like Aerosmith and. Uh, remixes of Iron Maiden and, and different things like that, but then, and Led Zeppelin and Joe Bonamassa. But uh, so he wanted to record it live in the studio, and 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 he needed to put together a band. So I I flew out to uh, L.A. four or five times and was just kind of helping him out, you know, doing some arranging of some some nuggets that he had had together and different things like that and wrote one tune for his album and we went in and, and we recorded that and it was awesome and through that process I met uh, Thomas Lang who is kind of uh, I guess you would call him the captain of, of all drummers he's like mm. he's kind of he's kind of feared by every other drummer on the planet <laughs> but uh, amazing uh, amazing player you know unbelievably technically proficient but just has this killer groove and stuff and I I'm you know, thinking in my mind there because I, I I'd been working on on material and thinking, I'm like, man, I'd love, love to get this guy on. So it uh, it turns out we worked. He and I had worked on a couple of projects together and uh, different production projects. And I I never even really brought it up. He he just said, "What are you doing?" I said, well, "I'm working on a solo record." He's like, "Oh man." He's like, "Can I can I listen to the material?" I'm like, "Yeah." And I showed him the material. He's like, "You need drums?" I'm like, "I do." <laughs> so. So uh, that's how that came to be. But uh, through that whole process, uh, uh, you know, through that record with Tim, then I moved into this stage, and I'm like, well, I got to get this, uh, finally put a studio in my house, and uh, I can kind of work on my own time and my own clock, and and uh, like I got to get this material out that's, that's dying to come out. So that's where I'm at. Now, um, you play bass, guitar, all the vocals yours on this album? I did everything on the album, actually, with the exception of, uh, like I say, the drums. But I, I played the drums on a uh, on a little electronic kit for the demos. Okay. And uh, it was, you know, it, it, it's, it's a little fearful when I'm, when I'm sending demos that I play drums on to Thomas Lang because yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it can be kind of scary. And I would have these parts where I would have these long, extensive drum fills, and I would go to put something in there and I'm like man I, I don't know I'm a little apprehensive about sending, sending fills to Thomas Lang so I would just leave these, these holes inside of the drum fills and stuff and he would he would Thomas Lang them up and, and, and things but uh, I would send them cross country he would send them back and I would edit them and, and comp a you know drum track and, uh, and slap it in but yeah I played everything else and sang everything else and uh, it you know, it really wasn't for any other reason than I, I I really just wanted to work on my own time sure. clock and not have to worry about uh, you know trying to get other people over or get other people. It, it felt like singing at two o'clock in the morning. I could walk into the other room and do that. So now let's talk. Um, one of the things I noticed about the album is you're hitting some high notes every once in a while. Um, 
that's why I asked if that was all your voice because sometimes you know the range is is pretty extensive is that you have like a pretty good falsetto or is that still in your kind of natural register I well I, I you know a lot of the stuff that um it, it, I guess it depends on the texture that you want but it's yeah some of it's falsetto some um um kind of throwing up there but um uh you know, depending if you want something a little more aggressive or uh, uh, if, if it's a choir part, or if it's a back, you know, backup part or, or something or from build, building, like when I would build these, I have a kind of a lot of backing vocals on here and mm-hmm. pretty pretty extensive beds of backing vocals. So I, you kind of want them to mesh real well, not, not only like from a, uh, you know, volume standpoint, but from a texture standpoint and things. So you want them to blend well together. So some of that might be more, falsetto stuff where whereas the lead you know you might be throwing a little more aggressive getting a little more constriction and getting it out there but uh yeah so it's kind of a mix of now, different things um another thing i noticed from the album obviously listening to the united states album and you know um a lot of paul gilbert's solo stuff has a lot of you know kind of a pop element to it and i, I noticed that continues into your album um when you were when you write i mean do you do you try to get a, a sense of, you know, this, you know, it's kind of funny to say this might get played on the radio because, you know, this is 2017 and that's maybe not the right. most realistic goal. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, your, your right. songs have a certain commercial sense to them. Is that just stylistic where you're at or is that kind of what you were going for? I, You know, honestly, I for this body of work, I was just kind of letting come out whatever came out. I wasn't... Right really trying to guide it into a direction or, or force it into some place I guess I just uh, you know I, I probably have I, I, I don't know how much material material recorded up there during this whole process of time I do probably enough for for two albums but I just kind of picked and chose the ones that kind of felt right together and right. Uh, and uh, it just, just put them you know collectively together as, as an album I didn't I wouldn't say that I really uh, thought about I want to go this particular direction or that particular direction. I just, just kind of let it come out come out organically and mm-hmm. uh, what, whatever felt good at the time in the moment. Now, Freddie, um, being uh, you know a solo release, you know a lot of artists, you know when they when they finally get around to doing you know the first album with their name on it and you know it's a full collection, you're getting songs from decades of material and things like that. As far as a time range. How like oldest to newest song? How you know how far apart do these songs span in terms of when they were written? Well, probably with within I would say about I, I was doing like I said I was doing a lot of traveling and uh, working on some other projects at the time, so it was it wasn't all at once, but it was a span of about a year, okay. maybe year and a year and a half because I. I did another record, like I say, helped Paul with his record and recorded, then went and did a little bit of touring with that, and and uh, so I was back and forth, and then out of the country and, and stuff. So it was just a matter of uh, whenever I would get these blocks of time, time I, I would work on them. And there, there was a lot. I had a lot of other different things that, that occurred during that time. Both my parents had passed away, and and different stuff. So whenever it would. Uh, whenever I got the moments where where it felt right, felt good, I would get in there and do it. But I. You know, there's days with this where you're you're uh you know you're working ten twelve hours a day when when inspiration's hitting you. And there's other days maybe you're only in there for 
four hours or five hours. So. Yeah, it's funny about musicians, and I don't know if it's like this for you know you guys like the pros, but I know myself as an amateur hack on guitar. There are days you pick it up and it's magical, and there's days you pick it up and and you can play the same thing and it just sounds horrible or it just doesn't feel right. And is that well, it, is it like that? You know, the, the funny thing about that, I was thinking about this the other day, and when I was a kid, I could never understand why why people go to islands. You know, you always read something, somebody's going to, you know, make an album, so they all went to this island to mm-hmm. hang out and do different things. I always, I always used to think, man, that seems like that was, you know, it costs a lot of money, and it's it's like maybe there will be distractions, or, but, you know, it's really all, all about being inspired just being right. putting putting yourself into different types of energy or different adventures or different surroundings or you know because you just never know what what you're going to see what you're going to experience is going to lead to to something you know that you can right. draw from i mean i'm still you know I, I i write songs every day i mean it's it's really a 24 hour day process it's constantly going off but um you know you just you you don't know when something is going to hit you in a certain way that's right. going to lead you somewhere so yeah yeah i you know i i wish if you, if you could bottle that and and say hey okay here's a bottle of inspiration just keep this in your pocket and drink it whenever you want that to happen that yeah. would be awesome you know you'd be yeah. a billionaire but, but. yeah and you'd have to get it legalized that would be the other yeah <laughs> read, read a lot of books sure. from the 60s about chemical inspiration but uh, <laughs> exactly well okay. you know hey i you know i whatever it takes to get you there i think you know my you know, there were years ago I thought that I had to to drink a ton or do something mm. just to get into that place to to really let inspiration come through. And then, you know, you know, some years back I, I I've been in this paradigm shift for a long time where I'm kind of doing a lot of meditation and different things like that. And you can, mm. man, you can experience the same stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Seeing colors and do different things like it can uh, it can happen. But you know, you know, we don't. This stuff kind of passes through you, you know, inspiration yeah. and things, and, and you know, your job is to get out there and give it away to other people and hopefully inspire them, so. Um, can I take you back, um, you, you were talking about Kevin Shirley earlier, um, obviously a, a massive force in the production industry, um, were you able, in that project you mentioned, kind of recording live in that situation, but were you able to kind of take any notes, you know, or any and mental notes in watching him work? You know, uh, not really. The one thing about him, and you know, I gotta say, man, I I've been a fortunate guy for a long time. I, you know, I'm grateful every day my feet hit the floor that I can. That people are willing to give me money to walk up to a microphone and open my mouth and mm-hmm. then pay me for that, play guitar and stuff. And it's you know, all of these awesome people. I've had the pleasure of playing with some of the world's greatest musicians and world's greatest producers and I, I think you even just being around them you you probably pick things up and things like that but even more so like they're just awesome human beings like he's just an awesome guy he's funny you know we have a similar sense of humor and, and uh, he he makes the process easy you know it's, it's a uh, I, from a from a technical standpoint uh I think he he pretty much operates the, the same way as, as all of us, and we all do. But he just uh, you know he has a different perception when it, when he hears something of where he wants to put it and, and lay it. But uh, he's just an, he's an awesome guy. It, you know, it was funny. Uh, you know, I was walking to the studio in the morning. I'd be getting coffee, and, and we had a 
couple of blocks of recording, like week, couple of weeks of recording sessions, just blocked out. So we go to the studio and stay there all day. And uh, I, I would walk in in the morning. He and I often would sit down and just chat while we were drinking coffee. And, and <laughs> I had a uh, I had a little bronchitis going on, a chest thing. And the one morning I walked in, he's like, he's like, what's the matter? And he's he's he's, a, he's South African, so he's got this, mm. this slight little accent to him. And I'm like, ah, I'm just like, I got this chest thing, and there's something going on. I'm like, I, you know, hopefully I'll be able to sing okay today. And so at the end, and he goes, Yeah, man. He's like, Robert Plant's got this. Uh, he's got this thing too. He had canceled a couple of shows. I'm, you know, he walked out of the room, and I'm thinking in my mind, how awesome is this? And I'm having my morning coffee and chatting with the guy that's talking about Robert Plant, just texting him and telling him he's got the <laughs> same bronchitis thing. You know, so it's like those little moments of awareness that, that where. You know, it's like yeah, I'm, I'm a fortunate guy to be able to do yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, and, and you're telling that I'm thinking about bronchitis. I'm thinking, hurry up and hit record before the bronchitis goes away. You know, sometimes <laughs> yeah, you, right. you'll hear a sometimes guy, guy say, you know, "Yeah, somebody well, who I, had I, you know I, phlegm and, and made a great record." I read this. I read this thing years ago that uh, McCartney, when I think it was O'Darlin, when he was going to record it, like he he would wake the engineer up like every morning, really, really early, and went in to the studio it was like five or six straight days to record it because he wanted this certain texture that he had in the morning and to where he was kind of blowing his throat out a little bit and uh, it took a while but he finally got it and it's like you know they say and it, which is true and I you know I've done this myself it's like whatever it takes to get the track because that's gonna that's gonna be out there long after the breath leaves your body so yeah, you want to exactly. you, you want it you want it to be something uh uh, that, that people are going to latch on to with them, sure. you know, sustainability. So. Now, uh, Shake the Cage, when will it, it see the United States release? Is that in July? It will be, yeah, July 7 here, Europe, and then um, the record label in Japan, I believe, releases on July 26, so that'll be released in Japan and Southeast Asia on the 26th of July. Now, um, will that be available in physical product, or is this a digital only type of thing, or vinyl, or, or where where are it, we at as far as medium? There's a limited number of physical products which you can get either on off of my website freddynelson.com or Amazon, I believe. Okay. And um, uh, but but it's it's limited. But digitally, it's it, you know it's out there everywhere, right? Everywhere. And, uh, all, all over the place, and you know, you can stream it on Spotify or. Yeah. Any 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 place there's there's a digital format you can get it. Yeah, that, that's it's it's amazing how easy it is to get stuff on Spotify and, and someone almost unfortunate how easy it is. I, I I wrestle with that as as a you know a fan of music and, and someone who wants to support artists. You know you, you want to you make sure they get the money they deserve for making the product. But sometimes it's so easy to just you know you're out for a run or something to you know punch it up. So it's, would, it's a it's it's a different world that we live in at this point for sure it's a uh you know even even when you think you know it wasn't that long ago where you you thought that you had to have cds like it you know at, at this point in time cds are almost you know becoming archaic like so yeah. to speak you know, so. yeah i was in a store the other day and, and a decent number of cds but their vinyl section was actually bigger at this point which is is kind of Still having trouble getting my head around, but I've always tried yeah. to ha have this weird notion, and maybe it helps artists, maybe it doesn't. Buy the CD. I honestly half the time don't end up taking the cellophane off, and then I'll listen to it on Spotify. So you'll get some Spotify royalties, but you still got my money for the CD. So yeah, I don't know if that's helping or not, but this weird notion. I, I, I think it's you know you just 
it's like it's like anything else. You you, you find these little bits and nuggets and income streams and this mm-hmm. at the other and try and do it. And you know, I I <laughs> I've I've never been motivated by money in my life. Or I definitely wouldn't be in this business. But no. um, but you know, I've I've been lucky that I've been able to sustain for a pretty substantial period of time. You know, the money money you, know, you just you're passionate about what you do, and money kind of becomes residual fallout of that. So yeah. Yeah, hopefully, well, hopefully it sustains, and I hopefully it sustains, and I can keep making records. Yeah, that's it. Now, um, do you plan on doing any you know, live stuff with this, and, and specifically local live things? Do you have anything lined up or in the works? Um, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm definitely gonna do some stuff over overseas in, in Japan and Asia mm. and things like that. I don't currently have a have a tour or anything booked in the states or or Europe, but I'll I'll state the same thing. I just did an interview with a woman from the UK and she was asking about that I, I'll go anywhere that anybody wants me so if uh, and these things can always turn up you know so I uh, right in the moment right now I don't have any plans to tour the states of Europe locally I, uh, I may do a couple of shows I'll definitely do some to prepare to uh, to head overseas or in Japan or anything but um, yeah I, I'll probably I'll probably do maybe a show or two uh, locally I would think yeah. get prepped Fantastic. Well, hopefully we'll we'll catch wind of that and we'll let everyone know because I know oddly, um, of, of all the people we've had on the show, I think you're probably the name that that comes up most in the suggestion box. You know, people ask what you're up to. Can you get you back on the show? So it's been great to have oh, a chance. Awesome. Great to have a chance, and I know you've got a, a great international following. Uh, you know, we can certainly see by our statistics. You know, when we had you on the show, uh, that uh, you know the rest of the world is certainly aware. Uh, of the name Freddie Nelson. So it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I wish you all the best with Shake the Cage, and hopefully we'll see you doing a show in the Pittsburgh region in the not-too-distant future, man. Well, thanks, John. And, I, uh, you know, as always, I, I appreciate you helping me get, get the word out, and thanks to guys like you. You're the ones that are, that are keeping the music rolling and keeping it alive, so thank you. Two rock innovators together for one night. Echo and the Bunnymen. And Violent Femmes Together live July 17th Stage AE Outdoors Tickets on sale now At Ticketmaster.com Or the Stage AE Box Office Brought to you by Promo West North Shore And Coors Light Megadeth Live in concert July 11th, Stage AE Outdoors, with special guests, Mishuga, Tesseract, and Lilith. Megadeth. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com or at the Stage AE box office. For more information and tour dates, go to Megadeth.com. Brought to you by Promo West North Shore. Megadeth. All right, again, a big thank you to Freddie Nelson for coming on the show. If you want to check that episode out that I mentioned at the top of the show, that goes all the way back to 2009. That was episode 24 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. So you can go to uh, iTunes and scroll way down. You can get to that episode or you can go to our website. Click on the podcast link. Our our website is ironcityrocks.com. Again, Shake the Cage from Freddie Nelson will be on the street available July 7th. Uh, you can get that all over the world. So check that out. It's a really cool record. Uh, a lot of really great vocals in addition to really great guitar work. So we wish Freddie all the best with that. And look for him out on the road, hopefully, with uh, either solo or with Mr. Uh, Gilbert, uh, Paul Gilbert from Pittsburgh also. So 
really a cool connection. Uh, again, I mentioned our website, ironcityrocks.com. We are also on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram are all forward slash ironcityrocks. You can hit us up at ironcityrocks at gmail.com or use the contact link on our website. Be sure to check us out online. I've got all kind of cool contests, ticket giveaways, etc. going on with the hot summer months and all the great rock and metal shows coming through Pittsburgh. Uh, and if you're in else or in the world, we'd love to hear from you as well. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.